You are listening to Mystic Seas, and that is our new introduction to Fish Heads in Red Gravy. It is a compilation written by my son, Sekou Bomani, for our show. And um, I would like to welcome you to Season 3, Episode 5. And I know it's been a while since I've been back. Um, as we were moving um, through the time period of the Pluto return and some other things, Black History Month and things like that, um, I just took a little time to just sort of uh, get my body in tuned and get my mind more in tune with what it is that I'm trying to do um, and some things that I am trying to uh, accomplish, you know, finish up. So a, a lot of things um, in the writing realm, um, editing and working on, you know, I guess updating my um, website and different things like that. So there are a lot of different things that I'm trying to do health-wise. And so that's why I took a just a step back from um, the actual podcast itself to sort of get work through some of those, um, you know, some of those things, side, side things to help it, not just myself get better, but also to help the um, overall outcome of the podcast. You know, if I feel better, then I have much more energy to devote to the podcast. And then I started... Um, the 16-8 um, intermittent fast. Again, I was doing an intermittent fast, but not really um, sticking to a particular time. Um, you know, it was just more or less like skipping breakfast kind of thing and trying to minimize snacking. But I'm doing now sticking more with the 16-8 um, method. And so with that being said, um, that in itself, you know, it has a lot of things that I'm working on with that. So, once again, welcome to Fishes and Ray Gravy, the podcast where we explore all things occult, metaphysical, culturally relevant, and indigenously spiritual. With this podcast, I hope to examine the ways in which marginalized people create a world of beauty out of colonized trauma. And it's been a while since we've done the What the Fuck Awards, but I want to look at, there was an article that I saw recently, and it was titled, Public School Students Forced to Attend Christian Assembly Stage stage walkout right so the students were forced to attend it and then they staged the walkout and so i want to read a you know just a little bit of snippet of that article because i found that to be i thought it was cool that the kids were actually um you know feeling like you know this was against their constitutional rights and so they had enough gumption to actually get up and walk out but the what the fuck goes to the teachers who were trying to make the students stay there you know against their will so anyway over 100 students staged a walkout after an optional religious assembly turned out to be mandatory. So that's where, you know, we get into that whole um, freedom, you know, the, the freedom. Um, they're not having the freedom or the right to do what they need to do or what they feel best for them emotionally, physically, spiritually. So it goes into saying more than 100 students at a West Virginia high school staged a walkout after an optional evangelical revival assembly turned out. They say not to be so optional after all. So it turned out to not to be optional. The incident occurred at the school, which is called Huntington High School, where a traveling evangelist named Nick Walker gathered students together during a study break. Walker prayed with students, encouraged them to visit his church to get baptized, and allegedly told them that if they don't give their lives over to Jesus Christ, they'd be sent straight to hell when they die. And while the event was intended to be voluntary, right, two teachers brought their entire classroom to the assembly, forcing dozens of students to take part in a Christian ceremony that they never wanted to attend 
Over 100 students in the Huntington District staged a walkout in response, chanting separate separate the church and state in protest. A not-so-optional assembly. One of the students who attended the assembly against his will, an unnamed Jewish student, asked his teacher if he could leave. According to the student's mother, Bethany Fellington, the teacher said the students shouldn't leave because their classroom door was locked. So that's the excuse they gave to try to force the children to stay in a Christian evangelical assembly. And she recalled that her son felt he should stay at the assembly lest he disobey his teacher. So he felt like, I have to stay or else I'm going to be in trouble. Maybe I can get, maybe I'll get written up. Maybe there'll be a detention. I don't know what, you know, how they handle things at that school. But um, he definitely didn't feel like that that was um, for him. But at the same time, he um, was leery about just getting up leaving because, you know, whatever, however they handle discipline at that school. During the assembly, another student there against his will, Cameron Mays, texted his father to ask if the Christian revival on school grounds was even legal. So this kid used his phone to, you know, get some clearance, you know, get some clarity on that. It's clear that at least some of the students at the assembly were uncomfortable with how cozy the school district is with evangelical Christianity and that some of them felt they were coerced into attending against their will. The school district claims the teachers were reprimanded appropriately and that this sort of thing won't happen again, but some students aren't buying it and they're making that very well known. Students carried homemade signs and chanted, separate the church and state and my faith, my choice. One student, Max Nibble, drafted a petition that he intends to present to the County Board of Education. He's calling for the school board to apologize to the affected students and their families, strong disciplinary action against the teachers involved, and for an official school board policy on what religious events and speakers are allowed on school grounds. I like it. The kids actually got together with their parents and probably their legal representation to say that uh-uh, that's not enough that you say that you handle these teachers. So, and that was an article, um, and in your, and it's called public school students forced to attend Christian assembly stage walkout. So that was one. And they get that school district, Huntington High School in West Virginia gets the what the fuck award for that one. Right. So that's exactly where that goes. Um, I need to get a little sip of my coffee and then I'll be right back with you. So I know it's been a minute and we spent a lot of time talking about Pluto return itself. And, you know, how that will or would or is affecting the country um, and individuals, right? You know, um, monetarily, a lot of financial um, woes from all of it, right? And the gas prices are up. We know um, everywhere, um, you know, the cost of food is high. So there's a lot of things, even if you go out to restaurants, right? You, you know, you're, you're over, you find yourself overpaying and the quality isn't, you know, doesn't meet the demand, right, for the for the amount of money that they're asking at this point in time. But everybody's trying to find a way to um, to make more, right, to get more, earn more for less. You know, trying to find a way to do that. And so that's all part of this whole season of Pluto return, this whole um, understanding that a lot of it is financial, you know, and a lot of it is a financial crisis. So you're choosing you know, what you need to do and how much you need to travel, first of all, because if, you know, that affects gas, the prices affect a lot of us. And even if you're somebody who 
you know, who says, well, I carpool or whatever you do, you know, it's still going to affect you. You know, it's going to affect you if you have to heat your home, you know. So if you say, well, I work at home, you know, I'm, I'm um, virtual, then you, it still affects you in some way. Right. And so then you but also you're going to find a lot more people, I think, optioning to do the virtual thing because they're going to have employees who are going to say, I can't afford this gas. You know, so you, you might find lot, lots more of that happening, you know, and so we'll see how that plays out, how that starts to, you know, affect individuals who um, are against that kind of a work environment, right? Um, but, you know, we're still cognizant of it. We still are in the midst of, of the Pluto return and all of these um, price gouging and things like that. We're still feeling the effects of that, no matter where you live, you know, um, and so you know, it's just it's just about figuring out what it is we really need versus what it is we want, you know, because sometimes you think, well, you know, especially during this time when we're still living in the pandemic, people want to have um, uh, escape, you know, they want to have things to help them with their escapism, you know, so whether it's taking a trip or going out to a restaurant or going to a movie theater, they still want to be able to have those options to do those things. And they don't feel that um, emotionally, it's fair to say, don't do them. So, but what I guess what, one of the things that I would say is to um, be choosy about what, you know, what you're going to do, what you're going to do and how you're going to do that. So you can't um, do that, do more than one thing, you know, at one time. So you have to, you have to really um, choose what it is you're going to do and how you're going to do it. So that's the, that's, uh, that would be the, um, you know, the idea behind that, you know. Um, still being able to do those things, to invest in some of those things, but at the same time, you know, um, being able to uh, pull back and use your resources for things that you really, 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 really are going to need. So for the next week, um, we're looking at the Moon Core, which came up first right away, um, Pamela Coleman Smith deck. Um, you know, my, one of my favorites, right, to go to, especially when I am, because um, I keep an image of her, you know, I have a space for her. So I keep her image up, some candles around it. So I like to go to that one um, when I'm doing something that is a reading that is far reaching, right? You know, and so that is not just for the individuals who live in my home or not just for my family members. But when it's far reaching, I like to use that one because um, it is um, the, first, right? She's the first, the creator of it all, right? Um, and so with that being said, I feel that the energy from it, it stretches, you know, throughout, you know, the country, the world, however you want to put it. So that's why I like to go to that one a lot when I'm doing readings that span a certain space in time, right? So the moon was the first part. So with this card, and the moon card, um, it was upright, right? It was upright. So it is definitely about um, dream states, how you feel in those spaces, um, in those dream spaces, how you react to um, life, right? Um, you know, when you're sleeping and you're at your calmest, your physical body and your mental body and your astral space, you know, you it gives you time to sort of process what it is you're going through. And so for a lot of us in that state, we are the most um, truest to ourselves as well to our situations, right? We are honest in that state. And so with this particular card, it's about paying attention to those dreams and the mysteries that lie beyond those dreams 
um, the symbolism of it all as you sleep? Um, are you really uh, getting the most out of the things that you want out of life? You know, are you just following along behind somebody else's ideas or their dreams? And what I like about this particular card is that it's not just um, your dreams, because a lot of times people um, go along to get along. And so they follow behind somebody else's dreams. We're going to use two D words. And so those, that person, it may be their dreams, but it becomes your delusion. And I like that. It becomes your delusion. And um, Mary Kay Greer talks about that in the complete book of terror reversals, right? So, but I really, really, when I've, when I've read for people in this card have come up, it is, it has all oftentimes, almost always been about that, um, a person who is living in somebody else's shoes or in somebody else's path, you know, following along and their dreams become their delusions, right? They are assuming that by this person reaching their goals or their dreams, that it is going to affect them in such a way that they're going to be at peace with you know, the, the, what they choose to do, you know, and choosing to follow, right? Um, you know, it's like you see these stories or you read these articles or essays about um, these, a lot of times it's women, right, who support these men in their goals to become actors or musicians, or you know, and so they'll give up their dream. They might have been a musician as well, or they may have had aspirations to act as well, but they're supporting this person because they feel like, you know, as a man, he really needs this win. You know, or how is it, he going to feel living in my shadow as a woman? You know, is that fair? Is he going to be able to, you know, um, feel manly living that way? So they'll give up, give it up. And so that they try to make that person's success their success. And sometimes you see it, it plays out later, you know, um, when there's a big interview with the individual, with the man, right? And so the woman may be there because he may want to do a couple um, expose type thing. And so then he'll start trying to say, you know, how she's great, too. And she was in this and she used to do this. And, you know, immediately that it's the, the, the idea of trying to help feed her ego is because at some point, you know, she may have let out or let it be known that um, her own dreams and desires had to be suppressed. Right. In order to see him through to his successful moment. And for some people, it does work out well for them. They, um, not all people are, are envious, but some people, um, you know, they never really get over that. Right. And, um, and so it, it, it creates this, um, imbalance, you know, and I found that with some individuals, you know, the imbalance may lead to, um, infidelity. Um, it could lead to resentment, you know, some type of physical abuse and things like that. Not always, but sometimes, I, you know, when this card comes up, those type of issues, right, are what surfaces. And then the individual may say, well, it's because, you know, it could be even when they move on to a new relationship. I've seen that sometimes. And so in the new relationship, they are sure to be um, this outward person, you know, this person who is really seen. And so when they come in for a reading as a couple, and then it'll say, you know, then they'll say, well, you know, in this past relationship, I was not allowed to be, you know, everything that I felt that I should be. And so I'm not going to compromise that. I love this person, but I'm not going to compromise that. And so it, it creates a wedge with, within this new relationship, the carryover from the past relationship. So this card is always, for me, about 
understanding how dreams play into your life, right? Um, and it could be your dreams. You could be the one with the dreams and trying to, you know, pull people along, or you could be the one following someone else, you know, the dream delusion, sort of speaking. But this particular court wants us to understand we need to know what we where we where we fall in the um, you know, in this whole dichotomy. You know, are we the dreamers or are we the ones living the delusion? You know, and how do we handle that? You know, how can you talk about that with your mate or with a friend or with a relative? You know, how can you talk about, you know, how you feel about that? Because it could be a friend as well, right? This support for this friend who really needs a win. And I don't want to come up too much because if I come up too much and this friend sees me, then this friend will start to see me, you know, as, as um, you know, as a foe, you know, and not a friend, you know, uh, now I'm somebody who is going against their desires and their dreams, especially if you want, if you're doing something that feels like it's in alignment with what they're doing, right? Two friends who are writers, two friends who are musicians, two friends who are tarot readers, right? It may start to look or to feel as though we're in competition, okay? So that's where we get the dream and the dreamers from. That was that first core, right? The moon. And we think about that because a lot of times, like I say, in our, in our midnight hours, we are our most awake, our most alive, our most honest within ourselves. And then we had the Hierophant. And um, the Hierophant, and America K. Greer calls it, or the Pope Court, right? And for me, at first, I know I, I say this a lot, but at first when I used to see the Hierophant, I used to think, oh my goodness. So, you know, are we really talking about um, sensations and our feelings from, you know, um, dealing with uh, religion, maybe from our past lives, right? Um, when we were in a, a dogmatic type of religious system. Well, it's not always that, you know, sometimes it is about um, the being the person who is feeling as though they're being the leader of everything. And the Hierophant was upright, you know, as well. It was not a reversal. Um, and it's about being the person or being in a situation where somebody is always governing, you know, your life, right? governing every aspect of your life and so you go to them sort of like a puppy you know what i'm saying like a puppy um you know as if they have all this knowledge and, and to to give to you and so they treat you not as a student right who is going to be capable one day of you know being their own leader or leading their own group of people but they treat you as someone who is um you know, who's ignorant, who will always be ignorant. You know, they just give you enough, feed you enough information or feed you enough knowledge to keep stringing you along, which goes in alignment with that moon card, right? The whole dream and delusion, right? So I'm going to give you enough chances or enough hope or even enough, you know, lies to make you believe that my success is really your success. It's really our success or um, my desires are really benefiting you you know, just hang in there, you know, um, like I, I'll go back to the articles, you know, that I've read and I've read it where there've been women as well with men, you know, I've read that too, you know, they were starting out and they may have been with somebody. And, um, there was this one particular article that I read this lady, she was, she was trying to be an actress, but she was dating this man who was the football player. Right. And, um, he was, he had gone to junior college. They may have met in junior college, you know, but, um, you know, he was real supportive of her and she had gone through some 
traumatic things in her life um, that he helped, was able to help her through. I think a, a, a physical assault or, you know, a rape. And, um, you know, when she started to um, get more Hollywood, um, she left him, you know. And, and so, but I remember in the article how she was so helped, so thankful for all of his assistance and his help um, and helping her through um, the trauma that she dealt with. He was there for, you know, when she did not want to be intimate or did not even want to be touched because of what happened, you know, this, you know, still feeling real deeply connected to the trauma that she had gone through. But as she started to make her feel like she was making her rise or on her path, she said that that relationship was not going to serve her anymore because she wanted to have a more lucrative partnership, you know, with somebody else, you know, and I don't think that he made it to the NFL, but that's another example, right? And so I think a lot of times um, with this particular card, it is, you know, giving away so much of yourself, your agency to someone else and believing that because they tell you that they're your leader or they're your lover or whatever, your partner, I'm, I'm here for you, your best friend, that you believe that um, that individual has, will have your best interest at heart for the long haul. And so sometimes it is just until they feel like um, they've had enough or they've gotten out of it as much as they think that they can get out of it. And then they're ready to, um, you know, to, to sort of move on. And so that's what this card, um, you know, is in terms of in relationship to the moon, right, is saying. You have this person who wants to be this um, leader, this controller of this relationship. You know, it doesn't have to be a spiritual leader, but it is someone who considers themselves, you know, the the most knowledgeable about what what how they see the relationship progressing or where they see the individuals going. And so because they see themselves as the most knowledgeable individuals, then you need to come to them for everything. You know, they hold the key to everything. Their word is the only word. Their answer is the only truth, you know, and for a lot of people when they're dropped in a situation like that and they're and they're told then that um you know you no longer serve me you know I'm ready to do something else you know go a different path it becomes very traumatic for those individuals so this card is wanting us to understand that there are things that we we do that we should do or that we ought to do um but those things should be our choice they should be our decision you know we should make those decisions nobody else should say do this or this is the ultimatum, you know, for us. I mean, that, you know what I'm saying? Unless we're talking about, you know, life or death situations. But other than that, if you are somebody who is um, not ready to progress forward in a relationship, you're not ready to get married, you're not ready to to uh, move to a new city, you're not ready to do certain things, then you should have the right to say, yay, <laughs> you know, or nay, you know, I don't want to do it. You know, this isn't the best thing for me right now because I need to get this, this and that in order. You know, you have to be able to have your voice. And so that's what this one is talking about. You know, you don't always have to look up to somebody else as your leader. Sometimes you can lead your own life, right? You you, you have the right to say that this is what I'm going to do with my body. This is what I'm going to do with my mind. This is what I'm going to do with my health. This is how I'm going to proceed. You know, and people don't have to like it, but you need to be able to live with it. You need to understand that you, if it, you know, no matter how things turn out, you have to still pick yourself up and live with it. And a lot of times it's hard to live with um, someone who's leaving you and you know that, 
you know, you gave into everything. You look back over the relationship and everything that you ever did benefited them. And now you got to play catch up with your own life, right? And so the card that was in reversal, the last card that I want to talk about, is the Ten of Wands. And that one was the reverse card. Let me get a little sip of coffee. So the Ten of Wands, Ten of Wands was in reverse. And so when you think about this particular card, um, it's about burdens, right? Uh, it's about difficulties, um, feeling like you're going to be relieved of pressure. You've been burying your head in the sand and hoping that when you stick, poke your head back up out of the sand that everything is calm, right? But it's about forgeries, Mary Kate Greer says, and it's about falsities, right? And it is, right? It's about all those, all that hiding. You know, you spend a lot of time trying to avoid the reality of life. And a lot of people are doing that now um, throughout this whole stint of the pandemic, trying to find ways to avoid life, you know, by, li you know, lying, lying to yourself, you know, lying to other people. You know, a lot of times other people can see our lies, even though we think that we're great at them, you know, they just don't say anything about it because they don't want to hear us, you know, scream trauma, you know, but. A lot of times people see our lives, you know, you're just doing things because you feel as though um, those things are going to, you know, it's going to work itself out. And that's not how life works, right? It don't work like that before the pandemic and don't work like that now. Um, so it's about, you know, getting things done, you know, not sweeping things under the rug, but actually getting them done for real um, and not um, hiding behind somebody else as, as your savior. Going back to that Hierophant card, right? Um, thinking that you're going to put all of your investments and all you're going to bundle all of these wines together, all of this fire, but you're going to, you know, toss it behind somebody else and hope that they just remember you, right, and carry you along. So that's what this one is definitely about. Um, and, you know, it, 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 and like I said, it indicates, she says in her book, it indicates forgeries and falsities, sometimes something rotten at the core, simple dismembering. So it's about, it's about a situation that is, it's foul. You know, you can't, you can't, um, you know, bake an apple pie with rotten apples, right? I mean, you just can't do it and expect it to come out and taste great. This is going to be the best pie ever. And all these apples are rotten, you know? And so that's what this particular, the Ten of Wands is. It's actually about, you know, this rotten core, you know, these lies that are festering, right? And you're trying to dress them up as though they are not lies, as though there are some semblance of truth there. And that it's just, it's going to be fine. Watch, watch, watch. It's going to be fine. And it's not. It's going to all start crumbling. But you know what a lot of people will find themselves doing, especially in this time, in this age of the pandemic, is they'll just lie some more. You know, they'll just say, you know, um, yeah, uh, you know, this, this and that happened because, um, you know, I didn't get the support or this, I didn't get this, or, you know, it's, it's the world's fault as opposed to trying to actually sit back and take responsibility for the things that they have created for within their own, their own lives by hastily moving ahead, right? By not, you know, working it out, actually working it out and investing time, right? And it's hard, especially during these times, but actually putting in the work and the investment to get a serious return, right? You know what I'm saying? It's the difference between somebody with a, 
with the with the long-term investment and somebody who's like my husband would say with crypto right thinking i'm gonna be rich tomorrow versus you with the 401k that you've had as your job for over 20 something years and you know you know we can both earn something but you could possibly lose a lot more than me you know so it's that kind of thing that kind of um investing in life um you know just rapidly and hastily and not really paying attention just tossing it out there and hoping that it will all works out you know because these are different times right but because there are different times it doesn't mean that you you know lose all sense of value within yourself and all sense of worth ethic you know to make things happen so i just wanted to say that those are the cards to think about this week to actually get into a system of understanding you know um the hierophant um the ten of wands um and uh what else was it the moon right the moon the hierophant the ten of wands how those cards will service us and pay and make sure that we're that we're living our own dreams and not somebody else's dreams and don't be afraid to say no until next time i should